0: so wide away captured in the moment by the beauty all around her there's nowhere else that she would rather be
1: hello and welcome this is karen modekitis and you're listening to how she really does it the place where inspiration and possibility meet on kdrt 95.7 fm Caroline Simus is a licensed artist and mother of four in Charlotte, North Carolina, who designs a variety of products for the home decor and gift industry, which are sold worldwide. But really, she is a lover of color and design, which speaks to the soul, and she believes that gratitude, kindness, and sharing, God's love can transform lives and have a profound impact on the world. Caroline strongly believes in combining her two passions of art and faith, And her inspirational brand, Multiple Blessings by Caroline Simus, has grown rapidly. So often we hear someone's stories that offer a glimpse of what could be possible, but we have doubts and fears that we could truly create a life that we want. I invite you to listen to Caroline's journeys, the highs and lows and all in in between, as she shares with us her journey from becoming a first grade teacher to becoming one of the top licensed artists in the United States. Caroline. Hello and welcome to my show.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Corinne.
1: I am thrilled. I'm very excited about this. So let's first start out and um talk about prior to becoming a licensed artist, you were a first grade teacher.
0: I was. I was. I knew from a very early age, probably around six years old, if you ask my parents, that I wanted to be three things when I grew up. I wanted to be a teacher wanted to be an artist, and I wanted to be a mother. Didn't really know exactly how that was going to look, but um, those were the three things that I, you know, really knew early on. Um, so I was. I was a first-grade teacher. I was an elementary education major at the College of Charleston in South Carolina. And um, I, I really enjoyed I taught first grade for six years. Um before transitioning into uh, really the whole creative role. I did a lot of art in the classroom uh, tied to the curriculum with the students.
1: And did you have an art, his art background?
0: I did not. I'm one of those uh, licensed artists who does not have a formal art degree. And, you know, for, for so long, I was kind of embarrassed about that. And, um, felt like I needed to have that degree. But honestly, I think it's just always been uh, a part of me. My grandfather was an artist. My aunt is an artist. My parents really have, um, well, everyone in my family has a very creative drive and spirit, but in different forms. Um, and so that just kind of translated to me very early on, and my parents were wonderful about nurturing um that, you know, curiosity, I wanted to take art lessons at a very early age, and they let me dabble in everything from charcoal and cartooning classes, watercolor classes, and even let me take a college course, uh, art course, when I was in, I think, middle school.
1: So, you just had this love, it sounds like, not um, this, uh, you weren't saying You weren't doing this strategically to say, I'm going to do this so I can create X.
0: No, no, I just, I, 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 it almost is just like art is, was such a part of, and is, uh, a part of who I am. So I just, it's almost just like breathing for me. I love it so much. It's just who I am. It's in my fabric. And um, I just have always known that I wanted to do something creative and even, As a teacher, um, I kind of was known as the first grade teacher who, you know, did a lot of art um, that correlated with the curriculum. So I always was able to sneak that in in there somehow. So I love that part of it.
1: And for my listeners, can you explain to them what a licensed artist means?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. That's important. Um, A licensed artist is an artist who designs um, art for product. And so companies place my art on their products and sell them. And one of the big blessings, in my opinion, um, about being a licensed artist and having a family and being a mom is that I am not responsible for... um, manufacturing and making the products and I'm not responsible for selling the products and I'm really not responsible for marketing the products. Although I do help with marketing because I'm so grateful to the companies, the manufacturers for taking a risk in licensing my art that I feel, um, you know, so excited and compelled to help market what they have invested in, um, does that make sense? That
1: makes total sense. So, when did you know that there was such a thing as licensed artist?
0: Um, I did. I, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit, if we can, about yeah. um, the uh, kind of the growing up and, and how it developed because there's really a story there from. Um, so, I graduated in 1993 um, as an elementary education major, and during those summers, um, I I taught children's art lessons from our home, and um, this is before children, Um, and I loved loved that. It kind of allowed me to uh, feel like I was being the artist, but also the teacher, Um, and then in about 1995, I started a little side business called the um, Creative Palette, and that was um, custom painting. And I did everything from, I had a woodworker who I hired, a sweet old man who uh, made children's table and chair sets, step stools, coat racks, um, and I would hand paint all of that furniture and sell them at local fairs and shows. And um, people would just, knew, you know, they knew about the Creative Palette, so they would order them from me. Um, I started painting murals and um, children's nurseries, baby nurseries, playrooms, bathrooms, um, even did some constellations on ceilings. Um, And that was a wonderful outlet also. And then um, part of the creative palette, um, I ended up ordering um, baby linens. Bibs and burp cloths and little baby baby bloomers and pillowcases, so I was doing that side business um, and teaching um, until 1998, um, and it was just a lot of fun. And in 1998, I stopped um, uh, teaching to have our first son, Walker, and I knew I wanted to stay home and be a mom, um, and I I felt like teaching had been something that I had always wanted to do, and I loved it, but I felt like that chapter was closed, and I had done that, and I wanted to be home and really focus on being a mom and also having the creative artistic outlet. So I stayed home with Walker, and um, I continued the creative palette, um, but it started to become Difficult uh, to keep up with the custom orders and inventory and paint everything personalized and original. Um, And in 2000, I had our second son, William. And um, I was still doing the creative palette, but it was kind of to the point where, you know, it was just getting so busy. And in 2001, when 9-11 happened, I actually was painting a mural that morning. Um, Never forget that. Um, And so about, um, I'll see when that was. Um, In 2002, we were trying um, to have another baby and had some infertility issues, actually, after these two boys and had been praying for a girl and kind of had a roller coaster of a ride with infertility. And I really felt strongly with all of that that was going on that I needed to stop the creative palette. It was just getting so busy with, like I said, trying to keep up with all of the custom stuff. So um, we stopped. I stopped that completely and really focused on to have another baby and I was at home designing um, some things in my little art room and at this point it was 2003 and we were extremely extremely blessed to find out that we were that I was expecting um, twin girls after praying and praying and praying uh, for a third baby and asking God daily, weekly, monthly for a girl and we were just overwhelmed that we were expecting twin girls. So I was designing um, their birth announcement and this was a high-risk pregnancy so I was um, there was a lot of home time and resting time and thinking time and praying time and I started uh, playing around with the same art that I had done on furniture and linens and walls. And I decided to start playing around with those same designs, but on paper uh, because of playing around with the, uh, the birth announcement. So I I showed a few friends and they loved it. And um, I had matched some scripture with the paintings on the paper And um, decided to come up with about 24 Christian greeting cards. And I had so much fun, Corinne, matching um, my art with uh, specific verses. And I decided to print just enough for a local show that I had been asked to do. And at this point, I am... um, Pregnant with the girls, thinking, What in the world is he doing? Having me start a brand, a company, a, <laughs> uh, this idea, and I'm getting ready to double the number of children in our home. But I had agreed to this local show just to see what the response would be. And um, a wonderful store owner in Charlotte was at that show and she saw uh, the cards and said, that she would like the whole line collection in her store by the next week. And so that kind of started the whole thing. And um, I ended up researching the acrylic spinning racks and designing a logo and ordering envelopes and finding a printer. And they um, carried the cards and they did really, really well. And other stores found out about them. And it was a word-of-mouth thing for quite a while. And then uh, a rep group found out about um, multiple blessings and asked to represent um, the line. And they quickly spread to around 250 um, gift shops in the U.S. And am I going too far quickly here?
1: (laughs) No, uh, so... It sounds, I mean, this sounds like kind of the dream that so many people have is that they they want to be found. Um, but you also did a lot of work to keep showing up, didn't you?
0: I did. Um, you know, in the beginning um, with those, you know, 24 greeting cards, there was not a huge business plan in place. This was um, just a different way for me to apply my art um combined with my passion for scripture, and I really had no plan at this point for it to grow like it did now, when the response was so good uh from people, I did start thinking there there must be something here because people are really it's really speaking to people, and it's it's touching people. So perhaps, um, you know, and I started realizing when I was looking around at the greeting cards that were offered that there wasn't anything really tastefully and colorfully done that had a modern feel to it um, with art and scripture. I mean, there were photographs of waterfalls, but there were there wasn't a hand painted kind of updated modern greeting card at that time and I think I filled a niche that um, had not been tapped into but I didn't really you know go into it with that intention so so it sounds like
1: you created some art or you created some products that you would want that wasn't available you started out small right and then as as people wanted it it, it's something that grew,
0: yes, and you know it started with the greeting cards, but I also realized after it started doing so well that I needed to add other paper products, so I you know added magnetic notepads and I added bookmarks, and I actually invented a couple of products um that were in the stationary gift category um, and you know, so I kind of grew it into a collection of greeting cards and invitations and stationary gift items and um that too led led to kind of the next part of the journey, which was um, I loved it. it was wonderful um, but it it also became um, so demanding with keeping up with printing and, you know, I had to have, I mean, I ended up in a warehouse and managing um, people and inventory and numbers and paying reps. So what happened was I realized I really wasn't using my gifts well. Um, And my gifts were the creative end and the passion for the painting and the scripture. And I was so busy doing paperwork and managing numbers and payments. I I just really knew something had to change. Um, do you want me to tell you about that? Yeah, no. Well, I guess the
1: the question that I have and some of my listeners may have is, you know, sometimes we're like, no, we can just do it. We can do it all because we'll save money and we'll be able to make more money. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. And so was that a concern of, no, I need to keep doing this and I need to still, and, you know, probably the hours of what, one to five in the morning, then create Uh, my art, right? It's that, and then be the mom and be everything for everybody. How do you go about making that decision of this known of, okay, this is the income that's coming in. These are all the job responsibilities I do. I'm now going to take these off my plate, but what will be, what's the unknown?
0: Well, you just nailed it. it. It was a combination of realizing um, that, you know, I never did this to make a killing. And I, I just never had that intention. And I have been extremely fortunate that I have not had to rely on this as a career. Um, but, you know, I also didn't started to lose money. And that was happening actually um, for quite a long time. Um, But I was so passionate about it that, you know, I didn't, it, it didn't bother me that much that I wasn't making money. I just felt strongly about the message and what, how it was touching lives. But like I said, when I really looked at the whole situation, and this was Also, my husband looking at the big picture with me saying, you know, this is not really how it's supposed to work. You're not supposed to lose money and not care just because you love it. You know, you are making a difference, but there's got to be a better way. And you're frustrated because you're not using, you're focusing more on the business end and not on the creative end. So something needs to change. So he was super instrumental in helping me kind of revamp and relook at uh, what needed to change. So basically, um I was kind of praying about how to gently get out of that, uh, the manufacturing side without hurting all the retailers. And um I really um it was kind of a combination of um having exhibited in Atlanta and at the National Stationery Show in New York and Having relationships already with people, but I was starting to be approached about licensing. At the time, I was praying about how to get out of manufacturing. So for me, it was a fairly easy transition, um, and I, I, you know, I just really believe that was God's timing. Um, and I don't really know another way to explain that. I just really knew i needed to stop manufacturing and either quit altogether which was i knew wasn't going to happen because when you are wired creatively you can't not create it's just like breathing you you just you i knew i couldn't stop i just knew it needed to look different um so anyway i was approached about some licensing and i had done a lot of reading about it before which anyone who's listening who you know, um, would like to license their art. You know, lots of research, ask lots of questions. Um, and I did those things. And, um, and I did a lot of homework before I really dove in and said yes. Um, but anyway, so well, I... What were
1: the things go, that were important to you when you decided to license?
0: Oh, gosh, lots of things. Um, one thing was... Really, um, and I do say this, this will be one of my takeaways, you know, really, you know your art better than anyone. So when I started really looking at my art, I made a list of all of the products that I felt like my art would, A, look good on, B, would sell, and C, would really touch lives and speak to the audience that I wanted to them to speak to. Um, the other thing that was really important to me was to research companies, manufacturers, who already had a good relationship with the artist. And I even called artists or emailed them directly and said, do you have a good relationship with this manufacturer? Do they pay on time? Are they trustworthy? Are they honest? Do they send you the correct number of samples? Um, You know, all those things. Like, have you been happy with this partnership? Um, And so I started making a list of the products, my dream pie in the sky, all the products that I would love, love, love for my art to appear on. And a list of manufacturers who I knew were good, solid, honest companies who I felt like I could trust. And um, who I would want my art on their products. And
1: Caroline, so, Caroline what at any uh, point where when you were doing that list, did you mm-hmm. also kind of have a, a a goal about the income that you wanted to generate?
0: You know what, I never did. Um, you know, I wanted I wanted it to be successful, and I wanted. Um, I mean, of course, I wanted it to do well. But I never had a number in my head. I think I just didn't want to um, set a, a number goal. It was more a goal about making an impact,
1: mm-hmm. making an impact, but not being in debt to do it.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I knew I knew that um, I knew that if the cards had done well and the hand painted. Custom stuff had done well I felt like licensing was honestly like the the perfect role for me and I kind of was kicking myself realizing why didn't I do this from the beginning why did I go all the way around but all of those mistakes and I talk about this in another video interview I did all of those mistakes and all of those things that I did wrong over printing printing too much of one SKU, not enough of another one, warehousing, paying reps, the challenge of managing all of that, Um, being in debt, just all those business mistakes. They grew me in so many ways, and I really don't think I would have had the success in licensing if I had not been on the manufacturing side. And another thing I talk about a lot is the, the, the manufacturers, the companies that I do currently partner with, they have said to me directly that they love knowing that I have had that background because they know that I understand wholesale, retail, what it takes to produce a product, to source a container, to research a product in the way it should be packaged to invent a product to trademark an idea to trademark a product so I've done all of that on my own which was sometimes painful but they knew that I understood that side so that that is still helpful today.
1: You know and I think that's an important thing because sometimes once you know I've talked about this before on the show is that as we are trying to climb the mountain, right? And we're going through this tremendous struggle and we're getting lost and falling down and taking the wrong path. When we get up to the top of the mountain, it's easy to look down and see the golden path, like the straight path to come up to the top. Right. Right. But what, what gave you strength and resilience and so much knowledge was that journey going around the mountain many which ways to get to the top.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It really, you know, when you look at life just in general, and I talk to my children about this all the time, you know, we always, always learn more from our trials than our successes. And it is so hard to give thanks for the trials when you're in them. It's (laughs) sometimes impossible. Um, And that's why hindsight is so beautiful. You can look back. I do believe you can look back and see God's hand in the messes and the mess ups and the nightmares. And you can see that he was guiding you and with you, even though you may not have seen it at the moment. I really believe that.
1: And something else I want to bring up is uh, so often I'll hear women who um, whether it's it's a business that they're trying to grow or they just start out in or it's something that they're really passionate about that fits in their purpose, but mm-hmm. they will say, oh, well, I'm really not getting paid for this, so it doesn't really count. And, mm-hmm. um, or I'm not sure, you know, if this is the right thing because they, they don't feel that it's validated unless they're able to make, you know, a certain amount of money. Right. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, it's not worthy. But it doesn't sound like you had that point of view when you were just so purpose driven on the work that you want to do. It wasn't about the money to validate you.
0: No, it it wasn't. But again, I you know, I understand that there there are situations where women may be in a position that they are. This is an all or nothing thing like this is if they're going to do this, they need to make this financially work. And, um, you know, I wanted it to work. I really did, but we were not relying on my job as a career. I mean, my, I, my main job was to be a stay at home mom, but, um, I just knew that I had to, I just knew I had this creative outlet. I had to use it. I felt like I mean, it really is in the Bible. We have these gifts and we are called to use them. And if we don't, it's kind of offensive to God, you know, if we don't. And I just, I feel like um, we are really supposed to use what he's given us. And so to me, it wasn't really even an option. I just, um, I knew I had something to share with the world and I wanted to share it. And, um, but it wasn't we were really fortunate that we weren't relying on this as the bread and butter for our family. Um, It has been extremely helpful and I hope that it will be helping pay for one of these four colleges, but um, it wasn't an all or nothing thing for Mm -hmm. sure.
1: But, and, but I, I I want the thing I want to accentuate for the listeners out there Mm -hmm. is that, and while you and I both understand that some people aren't maybe in the fortunate situation that you are in your family right. where their income really will make a difference. You know, they need that money, but right. never, you know, and, and we talk a lot about doing side hustles or, you know, so you keep that main income stream, but then maybe start yeah. something on the side. Right. But what I encourage the listeners to take away from this is that no matter what you do, don't decrease the value of it by the income that it's generating right
0: now. Absolutely not. Uh, you're you're so right. I mean, you're so right. And there are so many blessings with being a licensed artist or really any artist in general. I think, you know, um, as women, we are so fortunate now to be in a position where we we have all these outlets for creative business. I mean, you can build your creative business through blogging and that can bring, you know, financial income. You can sell original art. You can sell licensed art. You can write eBooks and do courses, online classes. You can do retreats. You can, um, you know, teach workshops. There are so many ways that Um, And you can be on the manufacturing side and print and sell your own products. There are so many ways. So if one thing isn't strong or working, you know, there's so many other ways you can try to uh, make an income. And, yeah, I would definitely tell the readers, um, the listeners, to not be discouraged about money. Um, In the beginning, um, like I said, and I really hope this, rings very clear. I not only didn't make money, I lost money for a long time, but it it made me want it to work so much more. So I, you know, like I said to you earlier, you know, you have two choices. You can bury your head in the sand and wallow and give up, or you, it can make you stronger and want you to push forward and, and make it work. And like I said, there's so many ways in this creative, you know, industry to um, so many different approaches. Um, So anybody who's listening who wants to um, share their art with the world, whether that is manufacturing, licensing, teaching classes, courses, workshops, retreats, um, go for it. Don't give up. You have something to share. You are feeling called to share it um, for a reason. And, um, there is plenty of room for, for everyone.
1: So, well, and don't you think that, um, you, you know, your journey was your journey and it wasn't until your husband came and said, wait a second, there's got to be a better way. But would you say that, um, people would have to go to, through that, that extreme of debt when they first start out? Could, you know, is this something that's possible to do? Maybe starting out as a side hustle for those who, you know, don't have the same fortunes as you is to start start out as a side hustle and, and limit the amount of debt starting out.
0: Absolutely. I mean I part of the reason mine mine happened the way it did is, you know, I I overprinted. I I you know, you know, there are ways to get around the mistakes that I made for sure and you know, digitally printing instead of offset printing your numbers are a lot lower. Um, and now with, you know, online things, I mean, there are so many ways to, you know, have it customized online and printed and, you know, just print to order, uh, print on demand. Um, and I, that's just touching on the, you know, stationary paper side of it. Um, there are just so many different ways to, to look at, at all of that. And um, But yes, I mean, some people can avoid those mistakes and and make their creative business um successful from the very beginning and and not have the long journey that I did that would be awesome
1: and then um did were you ever concerned about taking yourself out of the workforce because that's always a concern for women if I take myself out of this traditional workforce how will I ever go back to reenter was that ever a concern for you
0: um, a little bit, um, a little bit. But, you know, with teaching, it wasn't like I was making a ton of money uh, doing that either. So um, it was something that we had talked about and planned uh, a long time before that even happened. And I knew that I wanted to stay home once we had children. And I knew that I wanted to work from home and do something um, with you know, my art. Um, and so that was kind of always our plan. So, yes, I was a little nervous about what that was going to be, but no, I I knew that the teaching chapter was closing.
1: And when you say plan, what do you mean by plan? Um,
0: when I said that was always kind of our plan? Hmm. Um. Well, my husband and I, had taught early on, even before having children, that when, um, when we had kids that I would stay home and be mom. Um, but I really knew that I couldn't, um, do that without doing something, um, in a creative business form. I I just knew that I had to have to do that in addition to just being, you know, to being home and being a mom. I wanted to kind of do both work, but be home.
1: Ka- Caroline, isn't being an entrepreneur and an artist sometimes more work than just having a job?
0: Oh, yes, I, I do. <laughs> My husband would tell you, uh, we were talking about this the other night. I honestly uh, work more hours than he does. Um, but I love it so much that I don't always view it as work. It's just when you're really passionate about what you love to do, it doesn't feel like work. And that is, that's another thing I hope the listeners hear is you'll know that you're supposed to be doing what you're doing. If, if you wake up every morning, super excited and pumped to do what you love. And One of the things that I feel super strongly about um, with our kids and and other kids is um, I really want them to learn at an early age um, to figure out and tap into what their God-given abilities might be, what their talents and gifts are, to recognize them early and um, try and figure out as they're growing and developing, and of course their, you know, interests will change over the years, but if they can tap into what their passion is early on, then as they grow and develop, perhaps they can turn that passion into their career. We spend, you know, such a large percentage of our life working So why not find out what you really love to do and make that your career? I'm not saying everybody can do that easily. Um, But if we we can teach our kids early about what their gifts and talents might be, perhaps we can guide them into a career that is fitting.
1: Well, and do you think it will help your kids because you have a non-traditional career?
0: I do. We talk about it a lot. They are in the studio with me a lot. They understand what I do. They understand the terms that I talk about. I mean, they understand, you know, they've met my agent. Uh, they, They understand that companies take my art and put it on product. They've seen the process of the hand painting turned into digital patterns. I mean, they know all that, and they see how hard I work, but they also know that I am always home when they get home from school, and I'm always here to drive carpool, and I'm always here to um, cook dinner. And I'm able to be mom, and I'm able to be licensed artist, all under one roof, and that is a really important to me to... Um, not be in an office away from them. So I, I do work a lot. It's hard to cut it off because it is at home. Uh, but it's really important for me to be able to do both.
1: Do you cut it off when the kids come home from school, or how do you? When do you know? When do you cut it off in the day?
0: That is a great question, <laughs> and I get this question a lot. Um, and I will tell you the the answer is I do. Um, have a set schedule it is not always adhered to but there is a schedule and I try very hard to stick to it Um, and I'm happy to kind of share um, this kind of new strategy I have and Monday I call marketing Monday I really try and focus on anything that has to do with um, the computer and that can be responding to the 5 billion emails that I need to respond to, uh, blogging ahead, um, social media, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, um, all of that, Um, and really communicating with agent manufacturers, whoever I need to communicate with. So Monday is typically when I focus on that and also any paperwork kind of business work. Um, And if I finish all of that, which rarely happens, um, then I'll dive into creative deadlines. Tuesday and Wednesday, I try very hard, and don't always successfully do this, but I try very hard on Tuesdays and Wednesdays to um, silence the email, turn the computer down or off, and focus on creating the art. If I don't create the art, there is nothing to license, um, from, from my art. So I really have to spend that time creating new things. Um, and I love that. And I turn on my praise music and, I design and try and create for my heart. And I love that. Um, And then Thursdays, um, I have a graphic designer who has worked with me for um, five years now, and she is now coming to my studio uh, for a full day of work on Thursdays, and we are trying to finish um, projects in the work and um, meet deadlines and take the hand-painted art that I've created and you know, format them for either products or patterns or whatever we have going on at the moment. Um, And then Fridays, um, I try and make Fridays um, personal days. Um, Sometimes in the middle of the day, if I finish the personal stuff, I'll jump back into the creative or send in the Um, deadlines. But Fridays, I do a Bible study um, with a wonderful group of women and go volunteer at the kids' school sometimes and go to the grocery store and do laundry and all of the mom things. So that's kind of what a week looks like in my life. Now, again, there are times that doesn't always happen that smoothly or beautifully, but that's kind of the schedule I'm trying to stick to.
1: So I had a different version of personal days. I thought it was like your own self-care, but it's kind of sounds like taking care. There's a bit of your self-care, but then there's also this taking care of the infrastructure of your family.
0: Yes, that's true. Now, what I didn't say in any of that is that um, I do um, hot yoga, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes that happens in the morning, and sometimes that happens in the evening, Um and sometimes a power walk with a friend and, um, you know, so those things are scattered about in there, um, but it, it's not set in stone. So it's hard for me to, you know, pinpoint exactly when those things happen, just when, when they can. Mm-hmm.
1: So you do take care of yourself and exercise and create movement throughout the week or connections with friends. I do,
0: and I do. And, you know, the great thing about um, being in the studio is, I mean, I am up and about and usually standing up a lot when I'm painting. So um, sometimes I'm, yeah, I'm moving all around. And, you know, the great thing about working from home is, you know, I might paint for a while and run the load of laundry and then come back to the studio and paint some more and then go you know, move the washer to the dryer and um, unload the dishwasher and come back and paint again. So um, I'm constantly moving, and um, that's another blessing of this job is that, you know, I'm not behind a desk all day. I'm able to move and go outside and take pictures um, of the flowers and sometimes pick up twigs from the yard and even use those in my mixed-media pieces. I mean, I'm always, always... um, Taking things from the outdoors and, and inspiration from our kids, and incorporating those into collections and in my art.
1: Now, do you ever take classes on art?
0: That's another good question. Um, rarely, just because of time. Um, but um, recently, um, been kind of. Um, looking into some possible online classes that I might, um, explore. And, you know, there's so many amazing, um, artists and many of them are friends of mine, other just great, great successful licensed artists or, um, fine artists. And I just think that we all have so much to share with one another. Um, it just, it seems, Ridiculous that you know. Sometimes I haven't made time to do that. I honestly would just love to have a big um, weekend retreat with a bunch of these women and just make art together. That would be fantastic.
1: Ooh, that sounds really. (laughs) And then you've been doing this for about twenty years. If you count, you know, when you first started teaching kids art, and the thought that came up for me was, what about burnout? I mean, and you're so passionate and you work so much. Does that ever come up for you?
0: Um, no, I, I I really can't say that I, if anything, I'm more on fire for this than I ever have been. Um, but uh, there are times where um, just physically I'm, you know, up too late or up too early or um, just burning the candle and really need to take a step back and just, physically rest and retreat in order to um for the my best creative work to come out of me. Um and that is probably my biggest struggle is time balance. And I think most artists, especially most licensed artists, would say that is, you know, we love it so much. We tend to work too late. And, you know, many of us are moms, so we're up really early and um Cutting it off is very difficult when you just love it so much. So that's probably my biggest struggle is just balancing, um, you know, prioritizing and balancing all that's going on. I'm being pulled in so many directions, um, but I love everything I'm doing, and I love the people that I'm doing it for. And I just want to always make sure I'm, you know, clear on Who needs the work first, and 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 that they're getting my best, Um, and really that my family is getting my best because they are my number one. And um, there are times that you know if I haven't had enough sleep and rest uh, because of deadlines, if my family's not getting my best, and you know my the manufacturers and my agent are not getting my best, so I. I do have to sometimes step back and really work on that. It's, that's kind of always a work in progress for me, honestly.
1: Well, and I can imagine that, you know, to have that create creativity. I mean, doing your Bible um, study is really important because that probably fosters it. Connecting with friends and family oh, yes. probably helps yep. foster it. We're in this productive, you know, get things done world. We're like, no, if it's not the job, then we can't do it but don't you think we need all different areas to kind of ignite and inspire our creativity?
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, the things that, um, ground me are, um, family and friends and faith. And, you know, if I don't have that every, you know, day and week, um, you know, then I'm just, again, I'm not, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give out my best. And so, um, working on that balance of um making sure I'm in check with all the you know the people I love and the people I'm accountable to so i think as women just we're doers and and we're so driven by relationships you know we're mothers and daughters and sisters and friends and um and neighbors and we take those roles so seriously um, you know, it's just really important. Relationships are really important. And even, um, I mean, this is a business, but when you get to the heart of the matter of being a licensed artist or a mother or a daughter or sister or friend, all of this comes down to relationships and communication. And, um, you know, for me, I really, like I said, it goes right back to I'm, I want my hope and prayer is that the things that I design bring joy and faith into people's homes and lives so that they can be a blessing to others. I want it to multiply. And, you know, again, if I haven't had the rest and the sleep and, you know, the nurturing, then I can't give, I can't give that back out. I've got to do that to myself first in order to give it back out. So that's just, um, like I said, just a constant work in progress.
1: And so, Caroline, I mean, I think that's fabulous, and that's what I try to work with my clients. How did you, have you always been that way, or is that something you learned?
0: Have I always been what way? Where, um, just, where you realize that
1: you have to nurture yourself to give to the world, because so often we oh, do it the other way. We're like, oh, I need to give to the world, I'll self-sacrifice. I need no,
0: to to I think, no, definitely I definitely think that that has been a a learning thing for me. I am um it that has not been something that has come naturally or easily for me um and I think I've been pretty honest on this call about it's something I still struggle with because you know as a busy mom and you know artist um it's usually myself that ends up coming last. I mean, for personal, personal nurturing, Um, you know, because it's not optional to not give love and nurturing to um, our four children and my husband. I mean, those things have to, they have to come first. And sometimes it's, it's often, it's me that comes last. Um, And it's just, but it's so important, and I guess what I see is when I do take time for um, the self-care and the and the nurturing um, and the rest, um, then I, I give I give better I give I give myself better, um, and I give better art. I do feel like I'm really in the zone when I've had that rest and nurturing. So just try to surround myself also with people who are um, who have that same passion for um, making a difference in the world. And I think when you surround yourself with people who feel that same way, it really gives you a boost to just um, continue that, you know, that journey.
1: And um, one question I have for you is, you know, did you truly believe that your current life was possible for you 20 years ago?
0: No, no. if you had told me that I would be able to um, license my art to some of the top manufacturers in the country, you know, I, I just, I don't know that I would have believed you. It's, um, it really has been a dream come true. It's been a lot of work. Um, but a lot, and a lot of fun, um, and I, I, but I feel very convicted that I am in the role that God had planned long ago, even before I kind of saw this in development. I mean, He knew, and um, I, I know that He, um, through all of the trials and errors and mistakes and all of the journey I had before that he was just preparing the way, just, you know, like he does with everything else. And so, again, when you can look back um, at the things that you've been through, both positive and negative, and you can see kind of the journey that you've been on, um, it really is, I think, God's way of preparing you for what you're doing today.
1: And did you have doubts and fears or did your faith help you with that?
0: Yes, I had doubts and fears, and, and yes, my faith helped me with that. Um, you know, I think um, doubts and fears are normal, but when they um, start to take over your passion, then they become um, a problem. And so, again, surrounding myself with people who, um, you know, could call me on, on those things and keep me in check and keep me focused on faith and family and friends. um, Then you really realize that the fears and doubts really, they just, uh, the fear, like my dear friend, Susan says, you know, fear really steals your joy. So when you allow fear to steal your joy, you, you realize that's not really fun. So you just try not to let, are still your joy and um and when you when you don't allow that to happen life is just so much better (laughs) (laughs) so
1: caroline as we wrap up could you give a couple of takeaways you mentioned one earlier but a couple takeaways for the listeners today
0: yes um gosh i have a few but um really think about um you know, what your what your God-given gifts and talents are. Everyone has them. Yours may not be art. Yours may be singing. Yours may be math, accounting. Yours may be, you know, arranging flowers for, you know, the elderly. I mean, there are just so many, cooking, blogging, um, you know, so many things. So what are your gifts? What are your talents? And how can you best use them? Um If you are interested in licensing your art, think about all of the products that your art would be suitable for. Um, Make a list of those products. I am so, I'm a big list person and goal person. Write down the products. Write down your goals. Write down the manufacturers that you, research the manufacturers and the companies that you feel like, do a great job of making those products that you want to see your art on. Um, If you can figure out what your niche is, what your... um, Everyone can paint um, flowers. How are you going to make your flowers different? How are you going to make your art stand out so that companies cannot live without it? They need to they need to need your art. So how are you going to make it different and unique? Um, and then just figure out a way for um, for you to be a blessing. How can you? How can your passion and your gift bless others? I I, I feel super strongly about that, and I've been so fortunate to. Work with some um, companies who allow me to, you know, give back through the products and things like that. I think, you know, if you can if you can do that, it's always um, a huge gift to yourself and to others in the community when you can use your gifts to bless others. So,
1: well, Caroline, thank you so much for being on my show today.
0: Thank you for having me. I hope it inspires people to. Um, Again, just kind of figure out what what you're created for and what your gifts are and how you can use
1: them. You guys have been listening to uh, Caroline Seamus, and she has multiple blessings, and her links will be on the interview page on How She Really Does It. Thanks for listening to How She Really Does It. I invite you to subscribe to my weekly newsletter at howshereallydoesit.com. I do this show each week for you, so you can now see the windows of possibilities in your own life. I believe there are many journeys for us to take. We can learn from others to see what is possible for ourselves. I believe there are possibilities for all of us, not just the ones who've acquired great success, but including those of us who have stumbled, lost our way, or only saw closed doors. With this show, maybe you can now see a glimmer coming through the windows. I call that the windows of possibility. Each week, I bring a guest who represents those possibilities. They too have had their own struggles and uncertainty, yet somehow they have found their way. My guests are an example of what is possible when you continue, when you learn, leap, Fall down and get back up. I invite you into this space so you can ask yourself if that is possible for them. What is possible for me? Really ask yourself that. I would love to connect with you. Please join me at www.howshereallydoesit.com and thanks for listening today.
0: She is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.